All right, welcome in another episode. Al, Liam, Jared, into the Triangle Podcast here on Couch Guy Sports. Home, unfortunately, of Christopher Allen's sale, which we'll get to. In uh, your third place, Boston Red Sox, two and a half games back in the wild card, which we'll also get to. You know, Al, it's getting frustrating. It's getting a bit frustrating. Of course, on Twitter at Into the Triangle as well. iTunes, Stitcher, Spotify, you know, all those good places where you can find a podcast. Go there. Listen to us every week. Whether you want to bitch about the Red Sox, whether you think we're annoying for not being fans of the Red Sox right now, either way, tune in. We love it. Um, Al, there's surprisingly a few topics to get to, despite it being one of the slower weeks, even in baseball, right? Had the All-Star week. Just getting off. Red Sox are a series into this unofficial second half of the season after losing two out of three to the Dodgers. <sighs> Al, I'm frustrated if you couldn't tell. I, I, I'm just sad. I, I, I'm not even frustrated anymore. I'm just sad with this season. It's 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 a shit show right now. It's brutal. It's it's one of those things where it's like not even as much of a like a shit show as it is. It's just frustrating because there's so many peaks and valleys, right? Like you start with a crappy start. We're like, crap, what's going on? Then they start to figure it out. They're beating up all these bad opponents. Then they get to against real teams like the Yankees, the Astros, the Dodgers, and they can't beat them. So uh, I like what you did right there. Clever. I like what you did. Yeah. So I look at what we have to talk about tonight. And I, I, I do, you know, there's a lot to talk about essentially because, you know, the Red Sox designated Eddie Nunez for assignment today, which – I shouldn't, shouldn't be shocking to anybody. If you, if it is, it means you haven't watched since last season. Um, Andrew Kashner is now a ball, a Boston Red Sox coming from the Orioles. So got some starting pitching help there. Um, so that's something we can touch on quickly. I, I just want to get your thoughts on it out later on, but okay. Christopher Allen sale. It's Al. It's, um, it's not good, right? Three and nine record, meh. 4.27, meh. Uh, hundred innings pitch, not 111 innings pitch so far in the season. Not good. He, Al, he can't get out of the fifth inning can't and so he's been talking about it after the games and I think every start that he has now um he actually has said something about it after the game and this isn't originally my thought I kind of thought about it after listening to um friend of couch guy sports Joe Murray of the sports hub and he he mentioned something that kind of piqued my interest and that's why I want to talk about this a little bit too Chris Sale right now I think it's all mental he can't get out of his own way because we know, and I've praised Chris Sale for this, that he's such a fiery dude on the mound, which we love. I think that's getting in his way. He is so mentally out of it now that all he can think about is how bad he's been. He can't overcome this. And if Al, if, they, if he doesn't, if he can't figure this out, they're not going to win anything despite whatever they have because they need Chris Sale to be Chris Sale if they want even a chance of getting into the playoffs and repeating. The whole problem is that Chris Sale is not used to this type of failure. He has been used to dominating every single year, whether it's with the White Sox or when he started with the Red Sox. So now that he's had a bad year and it's been compiling every single start, a bad start here, a bad start here, another bad start. He, Like you just said, he can't get out of his own way. And until he figures out something, whether he needs to get out the scissors again and cut up everyone's uniform, or, you know, get on, guys, which I don't think is going to help. But he's got to do something different with his routine. Because you know what? Whatever he's doing this year as opposed to last year or the previous years, it's just not working. And we need Chris Sale to be the dominant AL Cy Young contending left-handed pitcher that the Red Sox traded for in the beginning. He, he has to come back. Yeah. And he said, you know, he's right now, he said, I'm quote, I'm going out there and, 
every fifth day and getting my ass kicked cold. I've got no other excuses. I've just got, I've got nothing getting it done right now. There's no other way to paint it, no way to put it. I've got nobody else to blame but myself. And, and that's just the lightness of a few quotes of what he's been saying. It's, it's really him throwing a pity party. And mentally, he can't get out of his own head. Al, I love Sale. I'm one of his number one advocates. I, I was all for the extension and, and, you know, beginning of the year, his struggles. I think a lot of us, you know, myself included, pointed to maybe it's mechanics. Maybe it's just he's trying to figure out coming back. and he, They haven't fully recovered from last year yet, and he'll figure it out. Everybody else has kind of figured this out this year. I mean, Rick Porcello is not having a great year, but like he, he usually does have an every other year stinker. So I'm not really worried about it. Chris Sale is someone that by now, if it was just mechanics or just something he needed to figure out with his mo- like motion, he would have figured it out by now. It'd be done. He'd be up to being Chris Sale. It's, it's almost August, Al. It's almost August. We almost have like, we only have like two and a half months left in this season. And he still hasn't figured out he's three and nine. Yeah, it's I don't know what it is. Jared, can you see this right here? Do you see what this is? It's a little dark in your room. I don't know what you're doing in there. There's not a lot of light on. I don't know what you're doing behind the scenes, but if you can explain to me what that is, that'd be fantastic. This is a Quaker Chewy chocolate chip bar. This oh, yep. there it is. I see Chewy. Yep. This little Chewy bar is making me more happy than watching Chris Sale start. It is infuriating to watch this guy start. And like you said, he's one of your guys. And he's one of my guys. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. it's infuriating to me because I defend this guy over and over. And he, he continues to be shit. Yeah, it, he's becoming something that it's hard to defend. And um, it, it's very hard for me to sit here and defend him. But it, it comes out to the point where now I want to sit here, watch Chris Sale pitch. And I almost don't want to watch the games he's going to pitch because at this point, it's becoming a struggle to even think you're going to have a chance to win those games when he pitches. So I look at the Chris Christopher Allen sale situation as a problem and a major problem. And I don't think they go anywhere um, without him being, without him being himself. Uh, now, Al, I do think, you know, they could make the playoffs and I think they could at least, you know, they're only two and a half games back of the wild card, which we'll get to in a second and talk a little more about that. But, you know, they could probably do that without Chris sale being himself because you know, they, they do trade for some starting help. They do um, they do give us the ability to, you know, work within the realms of possibility. But um, I think the biggest thing is, you know, we need to focus on being able to get Chris Sale back to where he needs to be. So, yeah, no, Jared, I'm with you. I mean, with Sale, it just seems like if they do make it to wild card round and then they're fortunate enough to get out of the wild card round, are you really? You have to put this guy in the starting rotation, but do you feel comfortable with it? Especially if he hasn't found it. No, but who yeah. else are you going to put in there? You put in Price, obviously. You have to maybe Eddie Rodriguez and then Kashner. You're not going to go with those three in a playoff series. No, you have to put Sale in there, but he's just so unreliable right now. Yeah, you can't. Like, I think Kashner is going to be better. I don't think Kashner is going to be a throw-in by any means. Like, I think he's been around long enough, and um, I did hear. I think this is the first winning team he's ever been on. In his ten-year major league career, so I mean, what a way to start your winning career! But baseball is get thrown into the Red Sox. But um, I do think that he has the potential to be a good fourth guy, especially if like Porcello or Eddie Rodriguez don't hold up. Um, but you need Price and you need Sale to be your anchors. 
that's it. That's how this team is built. That's how this rotation is built. If those two both aren't flying high a million times over, which right now price is, then you're not going to do it. And how do you expect to – like last year, what was the thing that helped the Red Sox the most? It was their starting pitching and then their bullpen founded in September. This year – the whole rotation. Wait, by your bullpen, do you mean the Red Sox target rotation in the bullpen? Yes, exactly. You had Rick Porcello and Nathan Eovaldi coming out of the pen. So the thing was, last year you got quality starts from Chris Sale, David Price, especially during the ALCS and the World Series. So the thing is, if you have only one of your starters that's going to do the same thing as last year, how do you expect to do anything in the playoffs? You're not. Plain and simple, you're just not. One guy that you do need is the ice horse, Mike Chavis, who just hit his first career grand slam. A little bit of breaking news here on the podcast as we record. Oh, man, never let that guy out of our sights. Okay, Chris Sale, man of the hour. What's the solution here, Al? I, I want to know what you think. What do we need to do with Chris Sale? I've seen if he has that much fire going on and you can't control it long term, maybe you make him the closer. I've seen just let him pitch it out. I've seen maybe you give him some time off um, and make it work without him for a little bit. Al, what is your, I guess, Al update on Chris Sale? What is your minute solution for Christopher Allen Sale, the psychotic man that we all have come to love, to become himself again and, and lead us to the promised land of hopefully at least the playoffs and, you know, widely dare I say, back-to-back World Series champions? As wimpy and as sissy-ish as this might sound, oh, I don't want to already. You might have to fake an IL stint with him. You might need to just let him rest for a week or two or however long you need him for. It's it, I don't know what else this guy can do because, like we talked about, mentally he's just not into it. So I, I shouldn't say he's not into it, but mentally something is blocking him right now. And I think just that time away, I know he just had the All-Star break. The All-Star break is like three, four days. I think if you give him like a week or two to really clear his head and maybe work on a couple things in a bullpen session or something, maybe that can be the solution. Otherwise, he's just going to go out there and he's just going to be defeated before he even throws the first pitch of his outing. I agree. I, dis- I disagree with myself. I take my statement back. I love a good fake IL stint. I'm all about it. I'm all about the fake. Oh, you know what? Screw it. The fake DL stint. Get over me, MLB. Yeah, DL. It's always the DL. Forget the IL. DL. Um, I'm all about a fake DL stint. All about it. Love them. I used to think Clay Buckholz needed one every five minutes. Are you kidding me? I love those things. I am all for that. I'm actually in on that solution. Um, other than that, I just think he needs to stay as far away from the starter's mouth as possible right now. Um, maybe you let him pitch out of the bullpen. I'm okay with that solution too, to be 100% honest. Maybe you give him some reps in the bullpen, um, pitching it on a more consistent basis rather than letting him think about it for four days, pitch on the fifth day, be annoyed again because he's freaking out and being a liability to his team. Let him pitch a little more consistently. Maybe – you let Evaldi come back in the rotation and switch it for now and then pop it back. I'm okay with that too. I think anything right now, Al, besides him starting, is the best solution possible for him to get out of his own funk. Here's a question for you. If the Red Sox get out of the wild card round, who are your three starters? It's going to end up being Sale, Price, and Porcello. Or Erod, or Erod, depending on who's. But what would yours be? I... I like want Kashner to be relevant because I think he's a huge guy. I, I honestly think that it's going to be – I think my three starters would be Price, Erod, and Evaldi. 
I'm right there with you. I, I like Price. I like Evaldi. I'd even throw Cashner in there. If Cashner does well, see, he's my my like asterisk right now because I don't know what he's going to do in Boston. Um, If he pitches well, I want him in the rotation. Um, I just haven't he hasn't even pitched in a Red Sox uniform yet, so I can't really use him. Right, exactly. But the thing is, if you have those three starters, granted, you have two righties and a lefty. Having Chris Sale, Rick Porcello, and Eddie Rodriguez out of your bullpen to help strengthen your bullpen, which can narrow the bridge to get to Brandon Workman, who I said today in a Couch Guy article, go read it is the only bullpen arm that I trust. He's the only one. I don't trust Brazier, Brewer, Barnes, Walden. I don't trust any of them except for Brandon Workman. If they went to get a real closer, though, or they really stand by Evaldi, because I do think Evaldi could be effective for short-term in the closing position, which it sounds like he's going to be doing anyway. Workman is an eighth-inning guy. is deadly. deadly. Yes. Yes, but the thing is, if you need Evaldi in that rotation, then – your, cl- your best closing option has to be Workman, don't well, you no, think? I'm hoping, I'm hoping they're not stupid and they just actually go get some more arms for the bullpen before this deadline comes or comes and goes. Um, but if they if they decided to stop, if Dombrowski looks at this team and goes, you know what, Chris Stills having mental issues, David Price's dog just died, so he might crap off. And, you know, maybe, just maybe we're good. We'll figure it out. This is this is the way I like my team. Then, yeah, I think Evaldi has to be your closer long-term. But if they go get at least one more bullpen arm, Evaldi can go back in the rotation. Also, didn't mean to make light of it, RIP Astro. All that good stuff. I will remember you. Woof, 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 woof. Will you remember me? R.I.P. Ashley. R.I.P. That was that was so sad when David Price put that out on social media. I I, I, I honestly doubled it. I was I, like, I, no, I, Astro didn't die. I cheered up. I cheered up for him. I was like, Astro, no, no. So, R.I.P. Astro. Chris Sale, bum, here and here in the Triangle Podcast. Chris Sale's a bum. Chewy Bar, I'm relying on you to give me happiness if Chris Sale can't figure it out. Chris Sale, bum. Moving on. <sighs> I still, I'm so depressed. Chris Sale's terrible at baseball. What are we going to do? Chris Sale's not you're, good at baseball. You're depressed. Chris Sale's my binky. How do you think I feel? Let's talk about – no, my binky's still killing it. Xander Bogarts, man. Yes, exactly. That's why it's worse for me. Love it. And Xander Bogarts should have been a full, should have been a starter in the All-Star game. Wasn't. Agreed. Best Agreed. shortstop in baseball. Still didn't make the All-Star game on his own. Yes. Uh, Andrew Cash, let's talk about it real quick. I know we've kind of used his name and, and kind of used him. But overall, early move by Dombrowski, right, getting some starting pitcher help. Which, um, which he's known for. He's known for he's definitely, making, yeah. Uh, I mean, the Craig Kimbrell deal he made was like super early compared to like when the stuff started happening that year. So yeah, that was that was in like November. I'm pretty sure November. Was, yeah, it was like World Series ended, and then Craig Kimbrell was a Red Sox. Like that was yeah. literally the timeline. Like that was it. November 2016, baby. That was a great, great acquisition by. <laughs> Obviously, we know Cashner uh, is a little bit of a journeyman, but overall, I'm gonna pull up his stats here to give you a sense of really what we're getting, but. Al, I want to get your take. Do you like the idea of bringing in the starter this early? Do you think he'll be effective? Like, what what's your overall take on them going after Cashner early? Especially whereas we've I've, I've seen reports that apparently the asking price around the league just for anybody really is high at this point. A lot of teams aren't really selling quickly. Um, they didn't give up too much for Cashner. See, the thing is, the only thing that I like about this deal right now is that the Red Sox gave up two seventeen-year-old prospects that aren't like big-time prospects. Yeah, that, that's the only thing I like about it. The thing is, though, like you said, he's a journeyman. The teams he's been a part of have been the Cubs before they got really, really good. 
the Padres, the Rangers were thrown in there, the Orioles, and that might be one other team. The Marlins were also in there. The Marlins, there you go, the Marlins. He has not been a part of a winning franchise. So we don't, don't blame know him. For, don't blame him for that, though. No, no, no. Obviously not. But the thing is, Jeez. we don't we don't know <laughs> we don't know how he's going to be. All your fault under the bright lights, Cashner. How dare yeah, you make the Orioles? Yeah, Cashner, you bum. It's all Cashner's fault. The Orioles suck so bad. Yeah, exactly. We finally pinpointed why the Baltimore Orioles can't win more than forty-five games in a season. But but getting away from the dreaded Orioles because this is not an Orioles podcast. This is a Red Sox podcast. Oh, is it? No, that's good to know. Yeah, I, f- I figured you needed that little bit of remi- a little bit of a reminder. I got to help you every once in a while. I thought it was just a shit on some guy named Chris Sale podcast. No, that's the other podcast we're doing later. But okay, my bad. That's coming out. Stay it's, tuned. It's, it's okay. But this Castro deal, I mean, he's nine and three with what a three point eight three ERA, something around there. He definitely the ERA spot on you were right there. I think. Yeah, I think he was. I think he's nine and three. Nine and three. Damn, you did your googling. You you did your googling. Yeah, I did my homework. I do my homework for these things. Eh, just tonight. But this Cashner guy, I mean, if he can just come in there and just be effective, give you six, maybe seven innings, give up two or three runs, that's that's all you're looking for. I mean, are you going to get it every start? No. But if you can do it more often than not and be a stopper, then that's fine. I'll take that. I need to see him actually throw, actually start a game or two before I can give a 100% opinion on the actual trade because I just, I don't know much about it. Yeah, neither do I. I know he's been a journeyman. Um, you can't really go 9-3. and three. He was 4-15 and 15 last year. Same Baltimore team. 9-3 um, and three this year. The only difference I know, because I saw this earlier, um, last year he was like bottom five in the league and we're getting run support. This year he's in like the top ten. So getting run support helps. Proof, case in point. Um, no, I like the move. I don't mind. Like you said, I think the biggest selling point to me is that they didn't give up really anything for him because they don't really have anything to give anyway. So the fact that you can actually swing him from the Orioles for basically nothing means that Orioles really don't care, and they really are that bad. Um, so probably a good trade, babe. Maybe you go back to them and see if there's anything else good you can get from them, because at this point, they're clearly selling pretty low, unlike the rest of the league. I'm going to reserve my thoughts until maybe you know next week when we have at least a start under his belt. Um, Red Sox, you know, get a sense of what he looks like. But overall, Al, I'm okay with the move because I think you did need a starter, especially like we, we talked about the last week. Uh, I think Evaldi is their long-term plan at closer if it all works out. So they they needed a guy to re- replace him at least in the next couple of years. And maybe this maybe this guy is a back-end guy. I don't know if they want Stephen Wright to be here long-term. Guys popping pills for his knuckleball. Like, I, I, why would he be here long term? You know, maybe this is the solution for this year. Who knows? There's a lot of moving parts, but um, overall, Al, I, I'm definitely okay with the, the timing of this move and the move in general. Right. Well, the thing is, too, this move is going to be, it's just a rental. This is the last year of Cashner's contract. It's going to come on, then he's going to sign the offseason probably with somebody else, unless he pitches lights out like Eovaldi did last year. But I don't see that happening. So, you know what? Make the move for a couple months, see if he can help you at all. And if he can't, it was a low risk low reward type of move so you know what it's okay yeah no i'm definitely okay with it and i think he can help i think he'll figure it out and um you know it can't be really much worse than chris sale so um why not try give it a shot so let's talk about the home run derby for 30 seconds and then i want to end with um the idea of the red sox timeline but i want that to be the end of the show so just your thoughts on the home run derby out because we were watching it kind of mid-recording here last week, but, you know, the showdown was great. Vladdy Jr. was great. The one question I have for you, Al, about the Home Run Derby, and this is because I want to pose it to you, and 
I think it's important is did it ruin it that Vladdy Jr. didn't win the home run derby? Was it bad for baseball that Vladdy Jr. hit 91 home runs in the home run derby and didn't win? Absolutely. I mean, the thing is, is that Vladdy was one of the favorites and good for Peter Alonso, obviously, for ending up being the eventual winner. But the thing is, like you said, Vladdy Jr. hit 91 home runs. Now, granted, last week I said I wasn't a fan of the format. I said I like the old format. But you know what? After watching this one a little bit more than I have other home run derbies in the past, I might be starting to get on board with this uh, this new format. It's just it's fun. It's fun to see these guys actually, you know, strategize when they're going to take the time out, you know, and all that stuff. But Vladdy Jr. should have won it. it. It's just it felt like it was a crime. It felt like we literally took the ch- the trophy out of his hands. Hey Al. Yes. Hey Al. Jared. I told you. Jared, I'm a man of my word. You were right. Told you. You were right. This format's great. I, I hate I hate admitting it. I'm throwing up a little bit, but you're right. I know we're recording this because we have to be to release the podcast. We have that on recording. I'm right. Told you. This format is only on, only once. Only once. You only get this one. I'm pretty sure we got a couple episodes out now. This probably a couple times. A couple times. <laughs> Vladdy Daddy Jr. Now, backstory, I have a little bit of a bias to this dude because I watched him play up here in New Hampshire. Yes, I'm a New Hampshire boy uh, in Manchester when he played for the lonely double-A Fisher Cats of the Blue Jays organization when they won the Eastern League when they had him, Biggio, and Bichette all on the same damn team. That's a powerhouse. Double-A, mind you. Um that dude hit a hotel. Like, and if no one's ever been up to Manchester to watch the Fisher Cats play, the stadium is laid out in left field where it has you have the wall where all ballparks have. They, it ends the playing surface. And then it goes balcony for a restaurant. The building that the restaurant is on. And then like 30 yards and then a hotel. Did he hit the hotel by any chance, Jared? Halfway up it. Wow. On the fly. So, and, I've, and I've been to that stadium. That's that's a poke. Isn't that okay? So you, you can vouch for this. It is a poke. Yes, that is a, that is a hundred percent a poke. That is a poke. Liam, if you ever come up here to visit, we'll take you there just so I can prove a point. It's a poke. Um, look, this this guy is the face of baseball for years to come, not just because of his name. This dude is twenty years old, and his biceps are bigger than his dad's ever were. <laughs> his calves are double the size of his dad's ever were. Look, this, but he has his dad's swing. Oh, his dad's swing. It has the same swing. And it, just out, I watched Vladimir Guerrero Jr. hit, and I'm like, wait till this dude hits his prime. Wait till this kid is 25, 26 years old, just about to get into the prime of his career. How many home run derbies is this dude going to win? I pray he wins a World Series and, and gets off this Toronto Blue Jays because, man, is that organization crappy for people to go to. Um, this dude needs to be the face of baseball. I hope Major League Baseball doesn't screw it up royally, and that's kind of why I wanted to talk about this because this was the stage, the all the home run derby for like him. It, to me, is calling out party, and yeah, I, I agree. His coming out party was kind of a thing because he had ninety one home runs, and people were calling for him to win the damn derby. But he didn't win it. He didn't win it. He didn't finish the job, and I think Major League Baseball owes this kid a service to make him the face of baseball in the next five to ten years because. Mike Trout is the face of baseball now, and no one really knows who he is because he's on the West Coast, besides the, the name. No one cares to watch Mike Trout. No one goes out of their way to watch Mike Trout. Vladimir Guerrero Jr. has pop. He has sizzle, and people know his dad, which helps the cause. This this kid, not to put pressure on you, Vladdy Daddy Jr., but like 
you might be the chance that baseball has to resurface the passion that people have for everything and bring back baseball's glory. It might be on Vladdy. Can confirm. Vladdy Guerrero Jr. Good at hitting home runs. Might be very good at hit someday. Vladdy Daddy Jr. Like baseball. Hit ball off hotel. Yeah. Boom. Hotel home runs. I see Boom. hotel. I'm going to hit baseball off you now. He actually also one other thing he did in the, while he was in the Fisher catch. His backstory here: he hit a home run off a tee. He hit a ball dead center field at the Fisher Cat Stadium up here in Manchester off a tee. What? And there's video of it because it was actually an ESPN special. So look it up on YouTube. There's video. Um, he hit a home run off a tee. Wow! I am in utter shock. Done. Case in point. Last topic. So Lane doesn't shoot us for being over time. Um, Red Sox in general, because that's what we, we're here to talk about. I, I could talk about Vladdy Daddy Jr. for two hours. Red Sox are important. They're, they're what we're here watching. Al's watching them instead of paying attention to me sometimes, too, while we record these podcasts. So, hey, you know, it, it, <laughs> might, might as well talk about the Red Sox. If we're gonna hey, hey, I, I have to be watching. I got to be taking the notes. That way I can contribute to the conversation. Here are your notes. Christopher Allen's sale sucks and Mike Chavis is gone. There you go. Shut up, Jared. <laughs> there you go. That's all I need to know. Okay. The Red Sox. Um, a couple of, two and a half games back of the wild card coming into tonight. Um, I think it's doable, but I have a cutoff date for them, Al. Uh, today is July 15th as we record this. Hopefully, release date is July 16th as you listen to this. Um, July 25th. July, it's 10 days from as we sit here right now recording. Al, do you know what that date is? Would that happen to be the date of uh, Patriots training camp by any chance? Um, do you know name? Do you go know a guy named Tom Brady? Correction. Do you know a man named Tom Brady? No. Is that the uh, is that the vendor in Section Eight that always gives me the extra wings? No, it's the other vendor that gives you the finger every time you go ask for another beer. Um, hey, that's not nice. Julian Edelman, by chance? Rob, Bill Belichick? Can't say Rob Gronkowski anymore, but. Do these names ring a bell to you? Uh, do, is Drew Bledsoe and Scott Zolak still at the home? On the right track. Got it. Right team. Um, <laughs> July 25th, New England Patriots, the football team in this area that happened to win another championship last season and has, on poised to win another one. They start training camp on July 25th. Ooh. Red Sox, between now and then, have a bunch of games they should win. Um. Between now and then, if the Red Sox keep losing, Al, and they keep being mediocre, baseball season ends in this town July 25th, in my humble opinion. For me, no. For you, no. We're going to watch it. We're going to sit there and watch it because I'm a baseball guy and I, I have hope for this team still. But July 25th, this town is going to stop watching the Red Sox, and the stations in this city are going to go 24-7 Patriots with some Celtics sprinkled in. Um, everybody in this town is going to focus on Tom Brady bringing home banner number seven for himself. July 25th is the date the Red Sox have until to figure this out, make this town want to watch, because if not, the people, people of Foxborough, Boston, New England area are only going to care about what Brady's running look like, looks like coming into camp and what the playlist was at practice every day that Belichick allows over the loudspeaker behind Gillette Stadium. That's all that's going to be talked about if the Red Sox don't figure this out. Jared, as much as I would love to talk about the New England Patriots, because unlike me two minutes ago, I actually do have some decent knowledge of the New England Patriots. 
My date's going to be a little bit later than yours. Would you like to take a guess? <sighs> When's the first preseason game? August 5th? Something like that. Is that your final answer? That is my final answer. Well, you should go get a lottery ticket tonight because that is my date, August 5th. Wow. Yes. Al, you said I was right again. This is great. Ah, this is probably the best episode ever in the history of the show. Not a lot of history, but hey, I think we're figuring it out now. I like the chemistry. This is good. Liam, he can stay. <laughs> but on a serious note, I got August 5th because that is the end of the stretch of games that the Red Sox play against American League East opponents, which include a ton of games against the Rays and the Yankees, who you're chasing in the American League East. If you can cut your, especially the lead with the Rays, if you can wipe that out entirely in that stretch, then you're really having a realistic chance of maybe creeping up on the Yankees. But if they just, so I was talking about it with my co-host of my other podcast today, the record that we both had in this 21 game stretch where we'll be like, okay, this team's still watchable, 14 and seven. We're asking for two out of every three games you win with this team. That shouldn't be hard, but again, the 2019 Boston Red Sox. They have been the most consistent bunch in the world. So um, I got August 5th as my cutoff date. I like it. I'm okay with it. I think both dates make sense, but mine's better. Um, but but I agree with the record um, in all things series. I, I do agree with the record. I think that it's it's a fair ask of this team, especially with when you have uh, two series with crap teams, right, before you play the Rays and the Yankees. It's only fair. This team should not be out of my thought come – Either of those dates. I, I don't think this team is that bad. I think they can, they, they should figure it out. But And this is going to harp back. You know, We're going to come full circle here, Al. It all comes back to Christopher Allen Sale. If he can figure it out and make this team watchable and help make every fifth day, because really, they're, they're losing his starts. And then a couple others sprinkled in. They, he, he was the guy who's been the stopper. This team needs to get it figured out. The Patriots are slowly creeping back into people's minds. Fantasy football is slowly creeping back into people's minds. Um, I know it's almost August, which means right around the corner of September, October, and boom, the Red Sox on around. It's Patriots, it's Celtics, and the Bruins are coming off a cup run. And you know what? The Red Sox, to thank the Bruins, they had time to figure it out. The Bruins made a really long run. We talked about this a couple, like a month ago, Val. Yep. They had a really long run, which meant the Red Sox were not in the limelight for a really, really, really long time. And they couldn't figure it out before they did. And now everyone's like, well, I'm not going to watch them. I'm not paying attention. I will because there's nothing else on. But you know what? It doesn't feel like last year, Al. Last year, this time, people were glued to their TVs. Even the casual fans were like, damn, Red Sox are good this year. We should watch them. We should go to Fenway because they're good. That is what it takes at this point to make the Red Sox relevant 24-7. It's not as much of a baseball town as it used to be. It is. But people only will sit down and watch games now as fair-weather fans if you're winning and Dan does not feel like last year whatsoever. Jared, I was at a Halloween party last year for game four of the World Series, and all I did was just watch the game. Didn't socialize with anybody, didn't care to socialize. I just watched the game. That's all I did. And people joined me, and I was cuckoo, and they loved my craziness for the Red Sox. Cuckoo for Cocoa Pops. Um, oh, now I'm hungry. You're welcome. Go eat dinner. Uh, all right. Look, th this team – has a short leash, has a short timeline, whether you take my dates or Al's. Um, if you agree with either of us, either of those dates, Al, it's not far away. Today's July 15th. August 5th still is not that far away. So they really have some soul searching to do. And now we need to look at it 
Chris Sale, figure it out. David Price, I'm sorry about your dog. Keep doing you. Um, and the rest of this team just needs to figure out how to be a little more consistent. Offense, you're fine. Dombrowski, you better go get us some more arms because at this point, Chris Sale, I'm not even sure if he can turn it around. And, and that's going to be an issue for this team. So July 25th, the date, mark it down. We're going with that one. Um, August 5th, maybe if they start playing a little better, we'll reach it back a little bit. But um, July 25th, that's what that's that's your leash, Red Sox. And uh, we'll go with it. Into the Triangle Podcast. Couch All right, we forgot one more thing. We forgot one more thing, and it's going to be two seconds. Today, Eduardo Nunez, designated for assignment. Oh, two home runs, 20 RBIs. Jared, I'm happy he's gone. I loved him. He had a great contribution last year in the World Series. But you know what? It was the right move. Get rid of him. Do what you got to do, and you move forward. Thanks for the memories, Noontime. If people still thought Nunez was supposed to be on this team, and Al, thank you for bringing it back up to talk about it. So I forgot about it. My case in point, you're watching, you haven't watched since last year because he has done absolutely nothing this year, and I was waiting for him to get released. I would have thought it would have been a little while ago, uh, but you have guys starting to come back. You have guys be healthy, um, and, and you need to find roster spots, and it's an easy one. He wasn't playing a lot. Um, my biggest fear was that they would have kept him over Chavis, and they didn't do it, thankfully. So they didn't do that. Bye-bye, Nuni. Thank you for that three-run pinch hit home run last year in the World Series. That's how everyone in this town is going to remember you. So um, Not a bad way to go out. Just soak it in and take the ring and run. Um, he'll probably land on the team somewhere else anyway. So he, he, I don't think it should last to him by any means. But um, we'll leave it there. Yeah. Well, right, so. this, is, this is officially the end now. This is now the end. End of the Triangle Podcast. Couch Guys Sports. Go check out the merch. Go check out the merch, the articles, all of it. Written content, all that good stuff. Um, obviously, on iTunes, rate, review, subscribe. Do that first and foremost. Do that, please. To the podcast, uh, iTunes, Stitcher, Spotify, all the nine yards. Again, website, merch store, Twitter at Into the Triangle Pod. Um, actually, just Into the Triangle. I lie. No pod here. Um, all right, leave him over there. Silent but deadly tonight because his mic not so worky. Uh, yeah. Man. Thank you so much for being behind the glass. Al, of course, you know, you're you. Got to have it. Yeah. Uh, my name is Jared, of course. Uh, and we'll, we'll be back next week, uh, hopefully talking some more positivity around this team. And maybe Chris will have a win. Who knows? We'll see. That'd be great. Go Sox.